0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly podcast covering the video game industry. Join us every Thursday for a discussion about the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals alongside Game Informer staff and special guests from around the industry. I'm your host, Alex Van Aken, and today I'm joined by Wesley LeBlanc, the newshound himself, the once and future informer. Hello.
1: Hello. Hello. I'm back from a nice week-long vacation. I'm excited to talk about... Video games. Did you
0: on a cruise? I
1: did, yeah. The I've never been game. on a
0: cruise. How was it like?
1: Um, They're really great. They're great for visiting places um, cheap because you get to go to multiple locations and it's all, like, pretty inclusive, like, all-inclusive or whatever, food and all that kind of stuff. Um, So, yeah, instead of flying to, like, Honduras... And planning a whole trip there, you can just take a cruise and let them tell you what to do.
0: Did you like go dancing,
1: see some comedy shows? Yeah, we saw hairspray on the ship. Oh the Broadway show. Big fan. Was
0: John Travolta there?
1: No, I wish though. But the person who did play <laughs> the mom was fantastic. Um, ice skating shows, yeah, plenty of dancing. I gained like eight pounds, I think. Um, so a lot of eating. A lot of eating. Hell yeah. yeah.
0: That'll do when you have the all inclusive, it's just
1: at dinner you can order I would every dinner three appetizers, two entrees, two desserts yeah. like you it does like matter. sample. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't sampling, I was destroying each of those. Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, whatever. You're <laughs> on vacation, man. Yeah. Uh rounding out the show this week is a very special guest. You might know him from Past the Controller. It's Brendan Groom. Hello, Brendan. Welcome to the show.
2: Hello, Alex. Hello, Wes. Thanks for having me. This is a this is an honor. This is a pleasure. I'm now realizing that there's maybe a hole in cruise uh, entertainment. We should be doing a Game Informer, you know, residency on I don't know what cruise line. I would love that. Just a just a nightly (laughs) podcast.
0: Yeah, I would love that. I think like dozens of people would show up for that too. Like. (laughs) Yeah, totally man. worth it from for the cruise line. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. at
1: least 50 people. That would be great, I think.
0: Yeah, like you just put like video game show <laughs> and people will show up. They will not know what it means and it'll just be some dudes talking on a, in front of a mic. And, you know, half of them will stay. Half of them will, will go elsewhere. But I mean, I the best part is they have,
2: they have nowhere else to go. I mean, they have like it's a true. few other got, places yeah. to go
0: yeah but like where do you, you can't you can't go anywhere you we know? can lock mm-hmm.
1: the doors and really just kind of <laughs> that moving. that's what i meant by that
0: <laughs> yeah i meant we should lock them and actually turn it into a hostage situation if we were to get a cruise line residency i think that's probably yeah the best best course of action thank you brendan for <laughs> for bringing that great idea up uh brendan if people don't know who you are wh- what you do Fill us in.
2: Uh, if you don't know who I am, it's probably for the better. Um, but I run an independent video game podcast and website called Past the Controller weekly show. We talk about everything under the video game sun. Uh, I try to play a lot of indie games and focus a lot of indie games when I can just because they're pillars of our industry and they should be respected more uh, in my opinion. But that's kind of the gist of what I got going on. You can find me at Big Room on the Internet if that's the thing you want to do.
0: Yeah, at B-groom, begroom b e g r o o m, or past the controller.com right?
2: Uh, it's dot io. Dot io. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: they gotta they gotta standardize these things. You they know? really do. They really do. And, and then you got the weirdos who are dot co. It's mm-hmm. like just add the m, man. Yeah. Uh, domain authority. Who cares? Um. Well, welcome to the show, Brennan. Uh, me and you have been friends for years. Uh, we've been on panels together about indie games. Uh, in the past, I've I've. Uh, chopped it up with with you and your crew a couple times now, so it only felt right to get you on. We're talking about Shovel Knight Dig this week, and you were one of the people that actually put me onto the game. And also, I know Wes has been playing it for. I think Wes, you're reviewing it for Game Informer, right?
1: Yes, yeah. yeah. Our review probably so in progress. Up, I was away.
0: Yeah, how dare you take
1: a vacation? <laughs>
0: um So we're going to be talking about Shovel Knight Dig today. We're going to be talking about E3's return uh hbo's the last of us getting its first teaser trailer uh and depending on our time uh maybe more but um let's go ahead and get into the show uh, we'll start out with news e3 is we've kind of known that it's coming back it was announced um a couple months ago that uh read pop was taking over and they were going to be producing the, the the show going forward which is a good sign because people aren't aware read pop puts on a lot of shows um the ones i've been to have been the packs Um, the pack shows um, but they they've kind of made their name with at this point with with running mostly um, successful shows there's been some some stuff with the pandemic that happened and somebody actually like died fanbite actually had a really great report from Kenneth Shepard I know that they um, are kind of going through a rough patch but if you want to go you know check that out that is there on the internet Uh, again this is what Week two post fanbite layoffs. Just want to again say, you know, uh, thank you to everybody over there at Fanbyte who's who's who was laid off for all the work they've done over the years. And uh, I said this to several people, but I'll say it on the show. Fanbyte was one of those websites, and it's still around. To be clear, there are still a couple people working there, but it's definitely a shell of its former self. But that was one of those websites that the very few websites where I routinely just type in. Fanbyte.com and would and would peruse the the homepage, which is a rarity for me at this point. I, t- I feel like if I'm going to click into an article, it's typically somebody I follow shared something interesting. I click into it and go read it on the article and leave. Whereas Fanbyte was one of those like destination gaming websites for me because you never knew what kind of weird stuff they were going to have on the website. And uh, yeah, I don't know how we got got into this. I guess I'm just kind of rambling, but um, <laughs> yeah. So. Getting back to the talk of E3, uh, it's coming back. We've got a write-up from GameInformer.com with all the details from uh, Marcus Stewart wrote this up. Headline reads, E3 2023 dates announced. We'll have separate industry and public days. So that's the TLDR. Uh, It's coming back. It's coming uh, to the Los Angeles Convention Center from Tuesday, June 13th through Friday, June 16th. Uh, there are going to be digital presentations like the press conferences and all of that held by first- and third-party publishers that are going to take place a few days prior beginning on June 11th. Um, and yeah, the EC, uh, reading from the article, Marcus writes, The ESA also states that the show will feature separate admission days for industry professionals and the general public. E3 business days designated for developers, publishers, and press slash media take place on June 13th through June 15th. Uh, Media registration opens this December. So from our point of view, I I just got back from Gamescom a couple weeks ago. Uh, This is a welcome change because my first Gamescom was this past August. And that's been the only uh, trade show I've been to, uh, at least in our industry, that had a dedicated like uh business day uh and it was such a lifesaver and i felt like it made the whole thing way more enjoyable i could knock out like my really important appointments uh, in the business section and then you know you could venture off into the consumer area uh, to see all the giant booths and everything like that it was really great and i think e3 taking this approach does a couple of great things number one um i think you know e3 for the longest time was a Business only show it's not like you know this has been a consumer focused show forever and you know the business people were just being you know upset because they were inconvenienced it was historically a business show that in recent years opened up to consumers and kind of um i feel like anecdotally kind of uh muddied the experience for both uh you know separate parties you know the consumers weren't quite weren't quite getting like a show designed for consumers like PAX or comic-con that kind of stuff and the business people also weren't getting a show that was like optimized for business stuff uh and so it's kind of this like weird muddying of the waters and then of course the pandemic hit and that's kind of uh all she wrote uh also there was those uh you know the leaking of like business emails and like a lot of people's you know personal info got hacked um they kind of were just getting esa was kind of getting uh taking punch after punch and um yeah and then it and then what we thought we thought it was the end of e3 in the pandemic and now it's coming back um but Wes what do you think about this news i know i think you and i share a similar uh perspective and that we've never been to an e3 my first e3 was going to be in 2020 uh and then mine too uh, <laughs> the pandemic hit yeah you too Brendan yeah, yeah. So, Wes, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on this news?
1: I mean, I'm really excited. Uh, you know, before I was even a part of this industry, like E3 was just like the goal, like go to E3, be it a consumer or somebody working for a site. It's such a cool event or it was in years past. And we kind of watched it fall out of grace. And then Jeff Keighley's Summer of Gaming kind of ate its lunch a bit. And now e 3s is back um, and surprise, like surprising myself, I'm just extremely excited. I was part of the group that was like, yeah, I don't know if E3 has a place anymore um, in this world with the way things go. And the second they were like, here's our dates," I'm like, all in on E3. So (laughs) I I think I'm just excited to like forget everything I said. Yeah. Just excited (laughs) to finally do the thing that I've wanted to do. I also think there's pros and cons to both Jeff Keighley's event, you know, kind of puts all the publishers and developers together in one conference. E3s, I imagine is going to be like, you know, days of old where PlayStation's going to have their own showcase and then maybe Nintendo has their own thing and different publishers do their own things. And I think that can be just as exciting as one giant conference. So I'm excited to see what 2023 looks like for E3. Yeah.
0: I think, um, I don't know. I'm just like, I know that a lot of people are kind of jaded over E3. I'm right there with you. Like E3, you know, even in like recent years where it was kind of like falling apart from the outside looking in, it, it was still kind of that, like, you know, the Christmas and June sort of situation. Like this is the, the time to be there. And the game awards have kind of also become that for the tail end of the year. What I'm more so curious about is how, I mean, Jeff Keighley I think is doubling down on summer game fest. And I, I did go to that this year in person for the summer game fest play days, which is a business only event. It was uh, two days, I believe two or three days. I think it was two. Yeah. And um, it doesn't matter. Semantics. Uh, that was really well put on. I was really impressed with it. It was much smaller. There was probably only a couple hundred people total there. Um, everything was by appointment only, uh, but it was, like, very well designed, especially for, like, a first attempt at an in-person event by Jeff Keeley. Like, it felt like, okay, yeah, like, next year I think I'm, like, still looking forward to maybe Summer Game Fest more. I'm not sure. Just because of how well it was put on this year and it felt like more of a curated selection of like there was uh some great indie games there that like don't even they they were these are games that i had not even heard of you know typically go to e3 you see like you know anecdotally you see like these games that are like maybe being uh heralded by the larger publishers it's like hey tunic is here come check out tunic on xbox whereas summer game fest was like oh i played like uh Which is that like that that uh, game I saw on Twitter like a couple months ago and was like this is really cool. Oh, and I get to play it at Summer Game Fest. Like I didn't, I don't even think people know what this game is, but it's here because I guess Jeff Keighley, you know, had you know seen that game in his personal time or one of his producers did, and they kind of were much. It was much easier to just kind of pick them up and put them in the show versus having to go through much more red tape with these giant larger companies. So that was cool, and I'm excited to see. I'm, I'm, I'm curious if like Keeley's going to try to do his thing like before or after E3, if he's going to try to do it in the same window, because you've got all of these businesses and developers and press coming out for E3. It might be a tough sell to, again, get them all to then, you know, a week later, days later beforehand, I don't know, come and set up their booth at a new place again, you know, like i feel like e3 has competition this year sgf has competition this year i'm very curious because in the past i would have just thought that sgf would be an extension of e3 right like oh here's keely's you know summer game fest play days at e3 and maybe maybe that's the route they go since read pop is producing the show maybe like they're a little more willing to work together i'm not sure but but yeah um yeah any final thoughts guys brendan what do you think
2: Uh, I kind of agree and echo with a lot of the things both of you had said about this. I mean, it's, it was always a bummer when the pandemic hit and, you know, it's like, it is like that thing you're looking forward to eventually, hopefully going to someday and kind of for me, less than the game part of it and more of the networking and meeting where, you know, all of these other professionals that you respect and, you know, read their work, watch their work, listen to their work are going to be more so than in like a PAX, which I love PAX, but I think PAX, does something specifically different than what E3 does, just kind of by its DNA, which is, you know, a little more indie focused, Um, you know, bigger news doesn't really come out of packs and events like that usually. So it's, it's interesting to see the spectacle potentially coming back and that kind of hope of like, okay, maybe this, this can work again. Maybe we can do this, you know, read pop has the, the background in running successful fan events. So maybe they can balance that, that scale for, E3 and put on a good show that is both you know consumer and business industry focused so looking forward to seeing what happens
0: cool well let's move on um, to the second piece of news this week Um, HBO's The Last of Us got its first teaser trailer now I feel like I want to hear from you you two first I know all of us here are are fans of The Last of Us um, and it's a it's a great important game Uh, but I want to hear from you what you think about the series real quick and then the trailer as well. Brendan, we can start with you.
2: So, I am a late adopter to the Last of Us. I never played the game back when it initially came out. I didn't play the remaster when it initially came out on PS4, but I when Part 2 was in the almost out, I was like, "You know what? I'm going to finally play this game and in the lead up to playing Part 2, and I fell in love with the first game. I like the second game as well, but the first game really was just like, I can't believe I never played this game. Big fan of these games. Very, very happy. This is getting a big budget show with a lot of attention, good actors and and other people tied to working on the show um, and also replaying the newest remake of part one right now. I really can't wait. The trailer and teaser and like all this stuff coming out about it, I personally don't care about the teasers or trailers because i know i like the last of us like sure, i just want yeah. it to be a good show whether it does different things in the game shows things we didn't see in the game i that stuff is irrelevant to me i just want it to be a good show with good acting like that's that's really what it boils down to, to me because i think what i love about the last of us so much is that joel and ellie's chemistry in the the troy baker and uh, ashley uh Johnson, Johnson. Ashley Johnson, their performance, and a lot of other secondary characters in the in both of those games that have phenomenal performances as well. But those relationships are so good. That's what makes me think about the Last of Us. That's what makes me you know come back. So as long as uh, you know Pedro Pascal and I forget the actors playing
1: Ellie, um, Uh, Bella Ramsey, or is that her Game of Thrones character name?
0: (laughs) I think that's her Game of Thrones character (laughs) name. Um, Oh wait, no, her. What? Her real name's that, too. Oh, perfect. Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. All right.
2: Um, but yeah, if, if their performance is, you know, it matches the game or, or it, you know, is greater than the game, that will be where I, like, am locked in on this show. But I am happy to see that, you know, a, a video game adaptation is getting the HBO treatment. Um, so hopefully it is uh, up to our standards.
0: Oh, never. It's not Bella Ramsey. Her, she's Liana Mormont in Game of Thrones. Mm, that's right. Her real name Bella why, Ramsey? yeah her real name is bella ramsey very which Game i thought was yeah yeah totally <laughs> probably because uh, so bella ramsey, ramsey pedro pascal yeah, yeah. um yeah. Wes, how about you what do you what do you think about the teaser trailer
1: i just get more and more excited every time they put something out i'm a little ready for the release date like i'm a little surprised that we did not get that because we already had a pretty good teaser recently shorter much yeah. shorter but um and they said early 2023. So at this point, I'm like, okay, when is it? Like, am I watching this in January, February, or is this like a right before spring starts kind of thing? But yeah, this teaser trailer and the one before it just really do it for me. I think, especially Pedro Pascal, like his Joel seems really good. That one clip of him saying, "The you have no idea what loss is," it's just like spot on. Um, and Bella Ramsey's a great actress. She was in Game of Thrones, um, which is what I'm familiar with her of, and. Um, I think she's going to knock it out of the park as Ellie. I think she has a bit more of a challenge because Joel is, I feel like pretty easy to emulate. You know, it's kind of just like a gruff older guy, dad, whereas mm-hmm. uh, Ellie is, is Ashley Johnson. Like she's not, Ashley Johnson isn't really putting on a voice or anything. That just is her. So Bella Ramsey doesn't really, I don't know if she could just try to be Ashley Johnson. That'd be strange, but um, yeah, I'm excited. And The thing that gets me most excited about this is it's the entire game in one season and the game is like 10 to 12 hours. And if this HBO show is like 10 to 12 episodes, like I don't think we're going to get anything drawn out. I don't think they're going to add too much that might ruin, you know, what the game is for fans. Like I think this is just going to be like a really, really good and like to the T video game adaptation. That's what I'm hoping it is.
0: I I kind of am in the opposite camp. I wish it was different from the video game because watching the trailer, number one, I mean, it looks really good. Mm -hmm. Like it's really well crafted, but then I just like, I'm like, well, I could just play the video game. Like, and I, I know that that's, that's silly. Like, but I feel like the, the, the game to movie adaptation pipeline is different from the book to movie pipeline. like, when I read a book that I love, I'm really excited about the film adaptation, even if it's beat for beat, because I up until that point the imagery in my head exclusively lives in my head, right? And I get to see like, you know, I, I get to see it acted out, right? I've seen that in the games, like I've I've seen that beautiful imagery, especially in like the the new, um, you know, part one, the the whatever, what are they called? Is it a remake? I don't know. Yeah, the yeah, remake, They, they call it a remake. Yeah, uh the uppressed version. Um no, like it, it's already gorgeous and like I have all of those connections with the characters. I feel like the game isn't that long as well to play myself. So it's like if it's beat for beat, I just like am kind of I feel like I'm missing the point somewhere. Um and I that might be a me thing, um, because I know a lot of people are really excited about this. But I'm just like, I wish it was a spin off because or like maybe maybe like one specific part of the the story that was like fleshed out right uh maybe like explores more of the side characters or something but like still kind of take place with the key events of the series but i don't know because i just feel uh, yeah that's i've kind of have like this disconnect i feel like it's harder to talk about too because i haven't experienced this before because yeah sure the assassin's creed games they made movies from those and you know sonic uh but those aren't beat for beat remakes but watching the trail is like this is literally just like beat for beat like seeing them in the pipes after they escape the city at the beginning of the game with like the the flashlights going through the pipes and like all the soldiers looking for them like okay that's like identical and like just seeing all these moments i'm like i'm still looking forward to it i think it's gonna be really good um i guess i just don't know how i'm going to react to it which is weird um because there's usually just something slightly different about you know these adaptations and this just truly feels beat for beat but maybe that's just the maybe they just put that together in the teaser trailer Uh, i do like i would do want like some small delineation you know i i would like them to have some sort of freedom not anything like massive but like i'd love to see like i said side characters maybe fleshed out a little more or like maybe they left some stuff on the the cutting room floor uh with the you know the narrative of the games maybe they could use that uh and put that into the show you know because i know naughty dogs you know collaborating with with the studio on this so um yeah we'll see it does look really well shot really well acted i think it's going to be i'm excited to recommend this show assuming it pans out to people who i know wouldn't ever go and play the last of us you know they might not have the patience to play a game or maybe not the ability uh whereas I'm like oh go check out hbo and they get to kind of see you know what everybody loves about this story so i think that'll be cool but yeah so still no date like wes said i imagine have they said if it's this year or next i think they, next said year. Next year. they said yeah.
1: early 2023 okay okay
0: um yeah i'm interested to see more the road is you know obviously inspiration for the last of us but one of my favorite movies um so i'm always down to get you know movies that are in the vein of this. I just know everything that's going to happen in this one. Yeah. That being said, I am really excited to see how they pull off uh Winter. Yeah. Um, because I think Winter is actually where they could do the most. There's a lot of adaptation there they could go with mm. for Winter. Even because like in the game that area is so foggy from all the snow. Like you kind of I feel like I don't even have like a solid idea in my head of like what that whole sequence looked like in the game except for like the the like uh the climax of of winter uh everything else like i feel like i could watch again for the first time and like kind of be like this seems familiar i don't remember the beat for beat but i think they'll have a lot more wiggle room in that area versus like things like the key moments like in the beginning with sarah and you know all of that are going to be kind of pretty things that i'm pretty well familiar with but yeah, so I, I'm excited for it.
2: Did they say that the se- this season of the show is supposed to be the entire story of the first game? Yeah, it almost feels like too much to put in. Like I feel like you could maybe you know, especially with the gaps and seasons and gaps in travel across where they where the whole game takes place. I feel like there yeah. are a lot of other things you know, not just filler stuff, but I feel like you could make interesting things that happen between Boston and in Pennsylvania and et cetera. And then there's that whole other middle part of the country that they travel through. And we don't know what happens in, in those sections of the country. So, uh, yeah, be It'd interesting. Be cool.
0: Maybe they took like an episode to yeah. explore, explore that. But yeah. Well, cool. Well, that's the news for the week. Let's move on to uh topic of the week. We're going to focus on shovel night dig. Uh, now some context. This is a spinoff, uh, from obviously the shovel night series, it's a roguelite. Uh it's kind of if you've played down well before, um, you are perpetually going down in this game and trying to dig deeper and deeper underground um, to fight bad guys, fight, you know, all sorts of mole knights down there. There's a couple there's a bunch of knights down there that are bad and they took your stuff and you need to get it back. That's kind of like the setup for the game. But on the top level, like similar to Shovel Knight, there's that overworld like town. That you're kind of like building up as you go it seems like and as you dig deeper more merchants will show up for you and it feels it feels very faithful to the shovel knight formula but it's a roguelite it is um you know instead of left to right like i said it is up and down and i am really digging it i i've always respected the shovel knight games and loved the characters but i'm not a big side scroller guy myself so i've never really like fallen in love with that series like other people have Um, but the spinoffs have been like an, an excellent way for me to, you know, like shovel knight pocket dungeon and shovel knight dig. I love, I love 2d puzzle games. I love roguelites. So now I get to enjoy like that vast, uh, roster of like really cool characters that have been built out. Um, and some new ones as well. And yeah, I'm, I'm really digging it, but we'll go to us. You've, I think you're further than me. I feel like I've put in like probably eight hours at this point yeah but I think I'm just bad at the game uh because I've only fought two bosses granted I've beaten two bosses, but I've kind of just solely focused on two areas till I beat them, but I've made it to like four areas total um but where are you at in the game? how are you liking it i you don't need to talk about your score or anything I know you're still you're still determining all of that, but uh, what are your review impressions?
1: yeah, I'm about. I think I'm near the end. I've reached what I believe is the final area, like the lair where the big bad is. Um, And there's mechanics in the game where you can kind of fast travel to those spots um, if you want. And I have that unlocked. So I think like another hour and I could roll credits. Um, There's lots of secrets and stuff, though. So I do plan to keep going back and finding more to unlock. Um, I'm really, really enjoying it. Uh, more so as like a 2D platformer with like a unique spin and the dig mechanics less so as a roguelike. Um, I just don't think it's yeah. like really doing roguelite super well necessarily. Like it's, I would
0: agree with that. It's
1: doing it competently. Like it's fine. Yeah. You yeah. die, the things change, but like they have a shortcut mechanic so I can just completely bypass kind of the whole purpose of a roguelite. or I'm not really feeling like each run I'm becoming stronger or adding more to my arsenal necessarily it feels like each run's very contained and like when i die and i lose my gold i don't think i've ever found my dropped loot once or i just haven't looked for it because it just doesn't hasn't really mattered to me much
0: yeah it just appears in those floating bags yeah okay the ones that that
1: fly around with the wings yeah that's oh i didn't even realize that was my loot i just thought that was like oh fun little (laughs) grab bag yeah
0: it'll like divvy up it'll like take a percentage of your Uh, and then put it into three bags, a big one, a medium and a small one.
1: But yeah, so like as a roguelite, I think it's fine. It's, um hasn't really proven itself needing to be a roguelite to me yet. But the game, I agree. the moment to moment gameplay is like really, really awesome. And it's a fun mechanic in 2D platforming, like having to dig your way through things. And they do a lot of fun twists with digging. Like sometimes you'll have to hit something multiple times just to get through it. There's pieces of dirt that, like, immediately crumble when you step on them. Um, if you jump, your dude, like, automatically, kind of like Shovel Knight, does his little dig attack, and that brings you down. Like, it's... Yacht Club is is doing Yacht Club really well um, in this game. And, um, yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it. Excited to uh, roll credits and see what other secrets there are to find. Oh, and the music is so good. So It great. reminds me of Sonic. Yeah.
0: But, and I... I... Granted, it's not like trying to go for that NES sort of soundscape. It, it's definitely like more of a, you know, a '90s era game. It feels like or like eight late '80s maybe. But yeah, the 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 chip tunes and all that sound like they actually sound like synth rather than chip tunes. Like yeah. it, it sounds like Sonic, like an actual uh, soft or hardware synth synthesizer. Uh, and it's a really great soundtrack. I'm digging it. I agree with you. It's a weird like it's. There aren't really too many, you know, roguelike versus roguelite. It's like a weird mixture between the both because it's lacking a lot of the progression mechanics that are, uh, you know, popular in roguelites. Like there's you're not like upgrading your character over time to get better. You might you can uh, you can upgrade, um, you know, you can unlock uh, shortcuts um, and you have to pay money for that. But pay in game currency, I should clarify, to to get that. But that's even, like, you could just kind of classify it as a roguelike at that point. I think the only, like, progression, cross-run progression is, like, bag upgrades, maybe? You can, like, upgrade your bag and maybe... I think there's an option to, like, swap your armor out and that kind of thing later on. I haven't unlocked that yet. But, yeah, it feels a lot more like a roguelike, more like a Spelunky um, than a Hades, right? Um, Where, like you the the core aspect of your progression is your knowledge of the levels rather than you know oh now i've got like 20 percent more health for this run uh, a lot of the upgrades that you get are run based um and like you can unlock like new tight ty- like your your cross i guess like your meta progression is more so tied into unlocking relics that you now have the chance to come across in your runs but it's not like okay, I'm gonna go in with this this relic since I unlocked it. No, I I might have a chance of coming across it now, and so it's a little more challenging, I think, because of that. Uh, but I'm I'm really enjoying the base mechanics of, you know, when you jump in the air, your shovel goes down, and you are breaking whatever's below you, and that can be at your advantage. Uh, sometimes, um, you can screw yourself over. There's a certain like water level where uh, certain secrets and like upgrades are locked behind these like gates that only are open if there is a current of water running through them and if you break the sand blocks you can change the flow of water and screw yourself out of getting like and the gate will close and you can't get to the cool thing there's a lot of really awesome little scenarios and rule sets that the game um, is playing with and it's for being a procedural game like there's so many moments where i'm like this feels like a handcrafted level uh and it's it's kind of wild like the the lego blocks they're using to generate these um these levels are very um are very well crafted themselves and i think that's the rules are so precisely are so consistent and precise that you do get these moments where it feels like a level designer sat down and just i'm playing through this level that somebody made themselves like it's not j- procedural but that's not the case. And I think that's really cool and a really strong aspect of the game. But Brendan, we go to you. Uh how are you enjoying the game so far?
2: I'm loving it. So I mean, full disclosure, I'm a Shovel Knight junkie. Um, like I I love Shovel Knight. I think Shovel Knight one of the most important indie games of all time, one of the best games of all time, but I, I digress. As someone who likes the idea of lights and lights. I'm usually bad at those games. Like I love Hades. I don't have a lot of bad things to say about Hades. I've never finished Hades, and I will probably never finish Hades because I am just not good enough or don't have the time or don't want to spend the time to sink into that game to level up enough in between runs to you know make the game easier for myself. Where I feel like in this game, one of the biggest things I'm enjoying about it is that ability to skip forward. Because I, I was trying to think if there was another... Roguelike or roguelike that I've played where you can unlock that ability to like start at a later point of the game.
0: I think you can in Spelunky, right? Oh, maybe not. Maybe
2: Spelunky. Um,
0: because I think if you make it through to the area like a couple times, you can that guy comes and starts building the tunnel shortcut. Okay,
2: actually, I think you're right. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. But it's like it's pretty hard to unlock. I don't think I've, yeah, it's pretty difficult to do.
2: Yeah. So like I'm enjoying that aspect of it because. I think even built kind of baked into that because there's not a lot of in-between run permanent progression other than like what you both had said about you can unlock relics that you can then potentially find later. Or I think really the only permanent like upgrades are bag upgrades, the ability to um, change your armor, out, which you have to also find those armor pieces. They will give you different types of buffs, but you have to unlock them first
0: yeah how do i is that through like fighting bosses or so have
1: you, you got to get the armor or smith mm-hmm. whatever his name is um, yeah okay he's in one of the levels you'll just find him, and then
0: i bet i know which level it is it's probably the one that i haven't been i have not been exploring but the themes of that level would make a lot of sense for an armor smith to be there yeah
2: there are a few different characters that you'll you can come across within that will then join the camp up top okay and that will yeah that'll unlock the armor and you he'll give you hints to like where you can look for the armor whatever armor uh blueprints i guess
0: do you find that those make
1: a big difference
2: i have yet to find any of them they give you rough hints of where to look for the secret but i haven't been able to find them
1: i just found my first one and i'm like six or seven hours in
2: so i i i will say though i like the more that i kind of just sit on this game and think about it i i really am enjoying it um i don't think it's necessarily you know i think a lot of people praise the game like hades because it did a lot of things that typically weren't found in a roguelike a roguelite and a lot of narrative things that typically you know don't necessarily play key roles into the gameplay like that game did uh, and not that shovel knight needs to necessarily have something groundbreaking in the genre or what or what not but I think for for Yacht Club and, and Nitrome is the other studio working on this game, they do platforming very well. And this game is a very good platformer. When you take into account some of these other tweaks that they introduce into the gameplay for this specific game, Shovel Knight Dig, I think they all work really well in the Shovel Knight formula. Like I feel like they they make sense. They don't feel like they're alien concepts. They they work within the bounds of the game. But one of the the major differences that I enjoy about this game when you compare it to the treasure trove games, which are the the four, you know, platforming Shovel Knight games, is that in the treasure trove games, it's all about precision platforming like that is how you're going to separate yourself from being good or bad at the game precision platforming and you have the time in most scenarios in those levels to do that but because this game shovel knight dig it doesn't have a timer but it does have if you spend too long in a section you know the the big drill will come from yeah. above and one hit kill you you have like sort of this kind of in my head i need to keep going like i can't think too much i have to kind of make some Quicker decision making in these small yeah. arenas, um, and I think that kind of moment-to-moment room gameplay works really well. Um, so I've been enjoying that, like kind of different approach to the same sort of you know polished platforming experience. But I got this little bug in my head, like gotta keep moving. Can I can't wait too yeah. long. Uh,
0: it's kind of not to keep bringing up Spelunky, but I've been playing a lot of Spelunky lately. Uh, for a project and the ghost in that game is kind of like Mm -hmm. the drill in this game but what's cool about the drill is there's been a couple times where i've been one hit by it but there is a way you can bounce on top of it yes you like Mm -hmm. and like getting away by just the skin of my teeth in a couple scenarios and you've got the drill coming down who can one shot you and all these other enemies typically later in the stage like it's even more chaotic it's and if you make it out, you feel you're just like you're shaking. You're mm-hmm. like, oh my god, like how am I alive right now? Yeah. And then and then there's the the boss fights, which are which are a lot of fun.
1: They're they're the boss fights are really good, but they and for the ones I've done so far, they haven't really felt like shovel knight dig boss fights. They're kind of just like shovel knight boss fights. Shovel knight. Fights. Yeah. I haven't really felt compelled yeah. to like use like or they just don't, they're not set up like the rest of the game. It's just kind of like, okay, you're doing a shovel knight boss now, which are great, fantastic bosses, but I kind of wish they were using more of the go down dig mechanic stuff.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know how they would how they would do that, but I maybe like it would be cool if it was like I almost think of like uh Tetris multiplayer, or like what if the boss had like was trying to like beat you somewhere and like you had to like you know, compete with them or maybe like, you know, in Celeste when battling will chase you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, That could have been cool with like bosses as well. Uh, But yeah, so far you just kind of drop down into an arena and you just do your best to, to hit it, which is like not really, I don't know about y'all. I don't really hit all that much in the main levels. I kind of just rely on bouncing around. Yes. Occasionally I'll, I'll like swing my sword or my, my shovel. But for the most part, I am just focused on platforming and, Killing things by jumping on their head a bunch. Well, cool. Well, that is Shovel Knight Dig. Uh, head over to GameInformer.com uh, to read the review when it's ready. Probably a couple. Uh, it's going up on Thursday. Uh, review be will be up, out soon.
1: Yeah, that day or Friday.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we're going to try to get a video up as well. Um, and then, Brendan, are you covering Shovel Knight Dig over on Past the Controller?
2: I, I talked in-depthly about it on our podcast last week, so you can look for that on wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, I might write something up small about it. Uh, I don't know if it will be like a full-fledged review, but it might just be some kind of specific things that I liked about the game that I kind of want to highlight again.
0: Cool. Well, again, go to uh to read and listen to all of that. Um, let's get into housekeeping before we wrap up the show with a couple listener questions. I know Wes needs to get out of here in a few. There is a hurricane boring down on Jacksonville where Wes is at. Uh, And we want to make sure he can handle all of his life stuff before that happens. Um, So we will start off housekeeping, of course, um, with a podcast review this week. We got a five star review from Kingsman116 over on Apple Podcasts. Now, if you want to leave a review yourself, uh, we want to shout you out. Of course, leave an honest review. Try to be nice about it. Even if you have something, you know, some critique, Uh, I'm happy to take feedback. But of course, be respectful. Um but yeah that really helps us out if you have something to say about the podcast uh hopefully positive uh you can go and leave that over there and it just gives us uh, a little boost in our in our um SEO power on the you know iTunes search results that kind of thing also some people you know gen- genuinely want to read listener reviews and so they might check out your review and that might persuade them to listen to our show so I uh, thank you Kingsman 116 for the 5 star review it reads Always look forward to the Game Informer Show. That is the subject line of the review. Thank you guys for always providing authentic journalism in the field of gaming. I always look forward to the professionalism that GI brings to the industry's reporting. Alex Van Eken has been killing it as host. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, And I especially love the playlist segment of the show each week. Keep up the good work, Andrew. Andrew, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your week to go and leave that review. It does help us out. Um, and also makes us feel good. So thank you for the nice words, Andrew. We do appreciate it sincerely. Uh, I think we are caught up on listener reviews. So if you'd like to go and leave one uh, for us to read off next week, uh, you can do so over on Apple Podcasts. Or you can rate the show on Spotify, I believe. I don't know if they've rolled out official reviews or not yet. But you can definitely rate us over there if that's where you prefer to listen. Some some Game Informer news this week. Check out our Twitch streams, twitch.tv slash Game Informer. Uh, replay. Uh, super replay, I should say, is going strong on the Twitch channel. They are playing Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Now, some people have been asking where those episodes are at. Uh, we've kind of been with the transition of, of Reiner leaving the company uh, and Matt Miller becoming editor-in-chief. There's obviously been a lot of transition and people have been on trips and on vacation. It's been a little busy, but um, we are going to be uploading those replay episodes, uh, those super replay episodes, I should I should clarify, uh, every week, over on our second YouTube channel, um, if you just search Game Informer shows, you'll find us. It, it looks like the, or you can just go to our main channel, YouTube.com/slash/Game Informer. If you go to the home page on our channel, you will see right below our featured video will be a link to our second channel. You can click that. Make sure you're subscribed, and you can watch the Super Replay episodes there, as well as audio versions of the Game Informer show. Um, so we're trying to make that our new home for like really long form you know, multi-hour things that we put out, uh, especially like Twitch live stream archives, that kind of thing. So go over there, check that out. Of course, follow the crew here this week on social media. You can follow our guest, Brendan Groom, at B-E-Groom on uh, social media, at B-Groom, and follow Wes at LeBlanc, Wes, L-E-B-L-A-N-C-W-E-S, on Twitter and all that. Are you on Instagram, Wes?
1: Yeah, but uh, it's I, I hate Instagram. Okay, so, so Twitter. I don't there really you go.
0: Use it. <laughs> uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at it's Van Aken. I T S V A N A K E N. Of course, go and listen to our other uh, main podcast, All Things Nintendo. It's our weekly Nintendo podcast hosted by Brian Shay. Um, it's always a good time. I hear great things. It's constantly. It's it's been growing a lot lately. So if if you're out there listening to that show, thank you. We appreciate it. I know Shay appreciates it. Uh, and lastly, shout out to our audio editor Matt Storm. They were on the podcast last week uh, with me and Brian. Uh, you can go and listen to their their shows, Fun and Games and Reignite, which is a Mass Effect podcast. Thank you, Matt, for editing the show this week. For me, it takes a lot of load off of me, helps me out a lot, and and you make the you make the show sound better. So, thank you, Matt. Uh, let's get to listener emails. Of course, if you would like to be a part of listener emails, you can email us. Podcast at GameInformer.com or leave a comment in the Discord uh, in the Game Informer show channel. Uh, of course, if you want to join the Discord, uh, link your Twitch account to your Discord account and subscribe to the Game Informer Twitch page. Just one time, you can use your Twitch Prime sub, whatever. Uh, that should allow you to get access. If you have any issues, I notice that people that subscribe to Twitch Prime, uh, Twitch doesn't always, you know, give them access If you have proof that you've subscribed to Twitch Prime in the past and you're trying to get in the Discord and you're having issues, uh, email me, alexvanaken at gameinformer.com. You can reach out to me on social media, but uh, as of late, uh, my DMs have been kind of full because we put out some job postings. um, And, uh, yeah, there's there's just a lot of messages there that I've been having to go through. So your best bet is probably actually to email me uh, about that, and I'll get you an invite if you just show me proof that you've subscribed uh, one time. But uh, this week's question, the first one, comes from Bob Buell. Good old Bob Buell uh, asks, "How do how do Game Informants do you think your game of the year has already released this year?" That's a good question. I feel like there are some heavy hitters coming this fall. I don't want to. I don't want to speak for anybody else here, uh, but I'm curious. Brendan, uh, has your game of the year already released this year? Do you do you think
2: it's tough? I think there's maybe some things that could shake it up for me. But I think that I have played some games and I'm currently playing some games that I think may take that top spot for me when it when it, when the dust settles.
0: Yeah.
1: How about you, Wes? Final Fantasy Origin Stranger of Paradise. Let's go. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right. uh, it's probably going to be Elden Ring. There's maybe a few games that could knock it out, but I put 150 hours into Elden Ring. I still think about it. I still have a group chat with friends where all we do is talk about it. Like, it's just, like, the all-consuming game for me. So, like, I don't even know if God of War Ragnarok is going to even have a shot, which is weird to say because I loved 2018 God of War. But,
0: you know. Yeah, it's probably right now it's still Elden Ring for me. Um, Stray is up there actually pretty high for me. I'm looking at my, my GG app list that I have going yeah, Elden Ring Stray and Neon White are my top three right now. Ooh, I still gotta play uh, Neon also White. Also, shout out to Kirby. Kirby is really I was gonna good. say no
2: Kirby fans in here. <laughs> Kirby no, is Kirby's
0: currently number four, but I haven't finished it, so that could change. I'll tell you I tell you what's on my list to to finish playing this year. I've got it on my GG app uh right here. Uh really I need to play Roller Drum. I really love the preview. I need to play Tiny Ken. I hear Immortality is <sighs> like Yeah. Uh, a goatee contender, and then Metal Health I need to play. Yeah, you do. And then is Calli- when's Callisto out? December... I
1: think this year. Yeah, something.
0: Whew. Yeah, and Callisto and God of War. Like it, it, one of those could take it, but it's going to be pretty hard to dethrone Elden Ring from my number one spot. I just i i like us. I think about the game a lot. I find myself like reading lore about it or just like watching people play it on Twitch or just thinking about starting another run. I'm still like, clicking at least, like every like, article
1: I see about it. If someone writes about Elden yeah. Ring, I'm like, let's see what they found now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that, that game was, and also like, it was kind of like my, it wasn't my foray into, into souls games, but it's the one that is like totally captured my attention and it's just so It's such a great open world game. It's up there with Breath of the Wild for me um, for open world games. And honestly, just like Elden Ring is probably going to be one of my favorite games of all time. I kind of like it was hesitant to say that after first playing it just because you have like recency bias. And also like I like to ponder these things, but it's certainly one of the best games I've ever played. Um, So it's going to be hard to dethrone that, but. I'm not I wouldn't rule it out, you know. Anything's possible.
2: Elden Ring was also my first like I've I've dabbled in Souls games before, but I've never like really committed to and this was clearly the, the only one I've ever finished. Elden Ring will be in my top, but it's not like I don't have a lot of bad things really to say about that game at all. It's just not my type of game necessarily certain parts of it. Um
0: It was really fun to watch you play it.
2: Yeah, it, I Discord. <laughs> I I was enjoying my time with it. Like I I'm happy, Like I'm shocked that I got through it as kind of quickly as I did, but I'll throw a couple of my names out there for games as well to put some names to faces. Kirby is up there for me. Uh, Elden Ring is definitely on my on my short list. I loved uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. That gameplay loop was so relaxing to me and just a very fun game. I, I dance with the idea in my head of going back to that and just kind of like doing side missions just because I miss that gameplay loop. And I know that uh, though I'm excited for Scarlet and Violet, you know, some of that gameplay, those mechanics are not going to be in that game most likely. So I'm kind of not looking forward to those things being, uh, not there. And then, uh, I don't know. The more I think about, we are OFK. That game is definitely on my short list. It is something special, something different. I think if, if you're down for a game that has no gameplay, <laughs> um, really whatsoever, but has a good, interesting story, fantastic music, good visuals. I think, uh, you should definitely check it out.
0: It's like a visual novel,
2: sort of. Thing? Sort of. It's it's like a visual novel. Less reading, maybe. Yeah, a lot of the reading and stuff. A lot of uh, uh voice acting, but a, a lot of the reading is text messages, which is you're choosing the responses. But I don't really think there's any pathways. Like you're not changing the outcome of anything in the game by what you're choosing and stuff. I think it's just the 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 form of interactivity that exists within this. It, it's not something I'd fully consider like a game it excels at what it's trying to do outside of its light gaming moments. I think those are the weakest parts of this project, but I think it's, it's definitely worth uh, checking out. It's, I don't know how much you know about what it is, but it's basically like a, like a biopic about this band of the band. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know. Teddy death. Yes. Yes. I know uh, you, you mentioned Kenneth Shepard earlier. I think this might currently be his game of the year. Um, I know he was also very, very high on this game. So
0: damn. Okay. Well, cool. Well, let's get to the next question. Uh, Troidal Power asks, uh, regarding Shovel Knight Dig, have y'all tried it with touch controls on Apple Arcade? I did for about 30 seconds before I snapped on my backbone, which for people that don't know, that's a gaming controller that connects to your iPhone. Uh, Have have y'all met? I have not, so I can't speak to it.
1: I haven't either. I didn't even know this was on Apple Arcade, to be honest.
2: The last time that I played touch controls on a game on Apple arcade was probably exit the dungeon. I will probably never play touch control. I'm just not my, my I lose control of where, like I lose where the D pad and buttons are supposed to be because yeah. there's no tactile feel. So
0: yeah, I don't, I can't answer that one. Sorry. Sorry, Troy Um, but shout out to Apple arcade. I, I don't have a subscription anymore because I found I wasn't using it. And it was just kind of like going into, you know, Apple's wallet. And I was like, I need that for my wallet. So I'm not going to have the subscription for a while but that being said you know that if if that's the place you play it i think shovel Knight dig is definitely worth checking out if apple arcade is the only place you can play it Uh, matt storm asks the accessibility options in shovel Knight dig are a game changer as far as approachability what are some other games that have great accessibility options that you like so i'm guessing uh, matt is talking about like actual accessibility options and like i don't know I, i in certain games i'll turn on like auto pickup for loot, um, which is like technically an accessibility option, but it can make the game more approachable for everybody. Um, do you all have any, any good option or any good um, ideas on that?
2: I think notably we talked about last of us, this episode, last of us has, you know, some fantastic, uh, I, I think, I think with last of Us part two might have some of the best like in the industry um, for as far as accessibility. I know for Forza horizon does Uh, some pretty great strides to have great accessibility options. I think the biggest one for me is a game like the biggest for me personally, accessibility option that I like to see games implement is the ability to change the difficulty during the game. Like if you were to start the game off on hard, but then at some point you find it's too hard and you want to turn it down. But even if you want to turn it back up after you can, I, I think that is a very important thing. So I will notably say I love the Ori games, but Ori, you set the game to a difficulty. You cannot change it. And it is terrible that they do that to you. That doesn't answer your question. I'm sorry, Matt.
1: Yeah, just to kind of echo that, I think Naughty Dog is, you know, top of the class as far as accessibility goes. And I think they really prove um, with their options that accessibility is not just for disabled people, but it can be useful for everyone, which kind of goes to the whole point that accessibility is for everyone. I know in Last of Us Part 2, I used a ton of options There's one where you can make it so like everything is kind of like grayscaled except collectibles, which are then like lit up on screen, which make trophy hunting easier for me, finding collectibles. Difficulty, like you mentioned, is awesome. Last of Us Part 1 has an option that I think is really, really awesome. They um, play dialogue through the DualSense controller using the haptics so that deaf players can hear or feel the delivery of the line through the vibration so they could kind of feel that this line was delivered in a more, I don't know, harsh way or a softer tone. Like it, that is like something I'd never would have thought of. And you can tell that they have like true experts there um, who were not only creating masterclass accessibility options, but like pushing the industry forward in that direction.
0: That's cool. Yeah. I think like um, any game with like a no fail mode is really cool. Especially like, even as just like somebody who, Sometimes I just want to, you know, play through and see a story in a game and not have to worry about worrying about fighting. You know, Uh, I I know Polygon's Matty Myers had a really good article on Tunic and how it had like, if I recall correctly, it has a no fail mode and like it allowed them to kind of more focus on the puzzles, if I recall. Um, So go check out that article. I know it was on Polygon. Also, not an accessibility option, but I was playing Guitar Hero Arcade the other day in madison wisconsin at an arcade bar and i was playing the co-op mode and in co-op mode um or like head head to head mode there is no fail state for missing notes and i'm not i have been playing guitar for 15 years maybe longer now i'm pretty good at guitar in real life i'm awful at guitar here. i just have never been able to to be good at that game um and my friend is like can play every game on expert like maybe some of them blindfolded i don't i don't know he's He's uh, a menace. Um, But the the head-to-head mode has no fail state. So it's just like score-based. And I I found that that was like, I've kind of been developing a rhythm game of my own uh, in my spare time. And that is like one thing that's kind of like top of my priority is making a rhythm game that is satisfying for people who really care about high scores, but is also caters to people who hate failing at rhythm games like sometimes you just want to like play along to a song in a rhythm game and yeah guitar arcade was just kind of like it's like man what uh, regular guitar hero should just be this like just give me score based um instead of like these fail states because it's i don't know if i if i personally want to reset a song for missing a note i can always do that myself right i don't know it was just it was like a a light bulb moment for me I'm like why wasn't the series just defaulted to this or like have that option. And maybe it does. I haven't played guitar hero like normal guitar hero in forever, but rhythm games should definitely take inspiration from that because I felt like it was so much more enjoyable for it. Um, we'll do one more question. Uh, Cause I know we've gone, we've gone over. Ooh, these are interesting.
1: And I, I was going to say, these are both good ones.
0: <laughs> do you have a, do you guys have a pick groffles or attack Corgi? I was leaning to attack Corgi yeah personally but okay um groffles we will save your question for another time an attack corgi asks what is your biggest effort i'm doing this moment so take that for whatever you will effort i'm doing this i think mine is probably uh taking the job at game informer that's the one that comes to mind i'm sure there's been bigger effort i'm doing this moments Actually, when I moved from Virginia to Colorado, m- me nor my wife had a job lined up and we just said, F it, we're moving. And we moved. We had no jobs lined up. And we, we stayed in a friend, a mutual friend's basement for three months and paid like 75 bucks a week to stay in their bunk beds uh, and lived in this basement and uh, had like not that much money saved up, a couple thousand. And uh, we were just like, eh, we'll figure it out. And moved across the country. And I haven't been back home to Virginia since, like, living residency-wise. So that worked out. That's actually probably my biggest effort I'm doing this moment is just moving across the country. Really not a plan because we had been really wanting to move to Colorado. And I like, tried. I had some, like, interviews. I spent, like, several thousand dollars, like, interviewing remotely. And, like, I had to, like, fly out last minute for an interview in person. Didn't get the job. I was like, I just spent $2,000 on this trip to try to move to Colorado. We should, and then we just decided, let's not waste any more of our money. We'll just move and figure it out. How about y'all? I've kind of, I was hoping to give you a little more time.
1: Wes, do you have one? Yeah. I don't know if it's like the biggest one in my life, but it will tie back into the beginning of this episode. Um, Me and my wife, when we got married in 2018, we went on a cruise for our honeymoon and On a lot of cruises they do like tons of game shows and this one had like a love and marriage game show. So it was like basically everybody on the cruise packed into this theater. And you had to like audition to be on the show and they only picked three couples. And to audition you had to scream like Tarzan in front of everyone on the stage and like call for your Jane. So I guess your spouse at that time and then kiss them in front of everybody and get the crowd to love you so that you could go on stage. And so when I did that, I... And I'm pretty shy generally I'm I'm like an introvert extrovert so that was like a weird thing for me to do just by myself but I just went up there and took off my shirt slung it in the air (laughs) dipped my wife down kissed her and then I was on the show and embarrassed myself in front of so many people the show is meant to embarrass the couples it was highly embarrassing lots of very private questions being asked that are funny and yeah that was one of those moments where like brain just went out the window and I was like screw it let's just do this
0: Brandon what about you
2: I, I don't know. I, I feel like I have lots of bucket or sorry. Am I not supposed to swear on the show?
0: Oh no, you're you're right. <laughs> okay.
2: I, I feel like I have a lot of those moments like daily or definitely weekly uh, <laughs> in all aspects of my life. So I guess I'm just, I was searching for like, what's an interesting one. So back in college, back in a, in a prior life, I used to be really into music and I'm still really into music, but I used to uh, write a lot more, in that way. And I rapped for a long time. Um, and when I was in college, I was taking myself very seriously in that regard. And I was an English major
0: links, by the way,
2: (laughs) (laughs) I can, I can supply that.
0: I'll, I'll share old music of mine. (laughs) If you share me yours. Okay.
2: All right. So I, I was much more serious about trying to take that sort of aspect to where I wanted to move, like move what direction I want to move my life in. And, as English major, you know, did a lot of creative writing, advertising type business classes and stuff like that um, on that side of things. But there was a class that I could have taken that I signed up for and I did, which was like called vocal technique. And I was like, all right, I'm intrigued by what this description of this class is. Let me let me do it. Go there. Uh, the first day of class so the class room for this class was also the theater at my college so it wasn't even in a classroom it was in a theater so already I was like all right i'm I'm digging what's going on but I was also very nervous because I was like the description for this classroom not necessarily exactly what I'm here for or like what what I am into would apply to this so I sat in the back like all the way in the back and everyone else was like very close to the front and the professor went around and had everyone introduce themselves talk about why they are there and like what their musical like you know focus is and and track and all that stuff so go through all these things and incredibly impressive people there people that have sung opera in Europe like all like people that like legit here for like a vocal technique class and it finally gets to me and I, like throughout this whole process, it's like, do I just get up and leave this class? Like it's the first day I can just get a different class. Like I can not do this, but as it got closer and closer to me, I was just like, F it, I'm here. I'm going to do this. So I like stood up and when it was my turn I was just like, I don't think I'm supposed to be here, but you know, I rap and I care about music and I care about like how my voice sounds and all these things and like when all, all these things and at the end of the class, like the professor came up to me and she was like, you better not drop this class. I want you to stay in this class. Cause I think that like, you're going to be surprised how much you learn from this class. And I think, I think there's more to what's here and what you are than whatever. And it was one of my favorite classes ever. Like the professor was fantastic. I had to sing multiple times on stage and it is, I think about that class often. Um, So yeah, there's my biggest don't if you ever feel like here's my advice to you listener out there in Game Informer Land. If you ever think you don't belong somewhere, but it's what you're passionate about, you shouldn't leave.
0: That's a good way to end the show. Uh that's a way better story than mine. <laughs> uh thank you, Brendan. <laughs> well, that's gonna do it for the show this week. Of course, go and follow Brendan at B-E Groom, follow Wes at LeBlanc Wes L-E-B-L-A-N-C, W E S, and you can follow me at it's Van Eken uh yeah we uh next next couple weeks are going to be kind of full of travel but we should have um we should stay consistent on the uploads for the game informer show uh, they might be a little shorter trying to keep it around like 60 minutes um just because we got a lot going on a lot of people you know have wearing different hats as of late and yeah i think that's going to do it for the show this week thank you for listening we'll see you next week goodbye <laughs>